I'm going to be reading in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter number 6, verse number 7. Let everybody get situated for just a moment. So good to see you tonight. Thank you for responding. Many of you will receive a very beautiful blessing tonight in the Lord. And when you go home, do the things that the Lord has told you to do. You'll be glad that you did. 1 Samuel 6 and 7 says, Now therefore make a new cart and take two milk kind cows on which there hath come no yoke and tie the kind to the cart and bring their calves home from them. You may be seated. I want to try my very best tonight to preach a thought that I've preached before, several times in fact, but in a direction that I have not preached it. It's entitled, A New Cart. A New Cart. Let me explain to you some of the dimensions of the Ark of the Covenant. It was a box of wood, that's what it was, a box of wood overlaid with gold, and in each corner a ring of gold, and through these corners were two staves of wood overlaid with gold, and they were never to be taken out. And only the Leviticus priesthood, those that God called to carry it, only they could carry it. All right. On the top of the ark was the golden mercy seat and two golden cherubims. Inside the ark was the Ten Commandments, a pot of manna, and Aaron's rod that budded. This box or ark of the testimony or covenant, God placed into the holiest of holies. He placed it in the tent, a very special compartment called the tabernacle that they carried with them as they traveled in the wilderness to the promised land. It was comprised of three areas. You had the outer court, the inner court and the holiest of holies where only the high priest could go in once a year, not without blood, that he applied for his sins and the sins of the people. Now, as you went into the tent, you saw many things there. You saw the showbread, the altar of incense, and you also saw the light stick. It wasn't a candlestick. I know what that scripture says, but it wasn't a candlestick. There was no candles on it. It was olive oil. It was a light stick. And as you looked at that, you looked at the end and you saw a veil. And that veil was to separate the two courts, the inner court from the holiest of holies. The veil was made of linen, dyed blue, scarlet, purple, with cherubims embroidered on it. It was 60 feet wide, 30 feet tall, 4 inches thick. That's a veil. With 50 rings correlating with Pentecost on the day of, well, that's another message. 50 rings at the top. And above this mercy seat, God would meet with Moses and commune with him. 
How did this Ark of the Covenant, the very presence of God, how did the enemy of the Israelites get it? Has the enemy taken your Ark? You see, we are the tabernacle, the temple of the Holy Ghost. We are the ark. God lives in me. As we look back, we see the high priest Eli had two sons that wasn't doing very well. In fact, they were very naughty. Parents, it does matter what your children do in church. I hope you heard that. And Eli knew what they were doing, but he didn't do anything about it. And Samuel had been dedicated by Hannah to the Lord after he was weaned. And he began to grow and mature. And all of a sudden, God began to deal with him and speak to him. And God spoke to Samuel the judgment that was going to fall on Eli and his house. Now, here was a high priest that allowed wrongdoing in the house of God. And God was going to bring judgment not only to Eli, but his family as well. God expects the pastor to do his very best to keep order in the house of God. Things have to be done in decency and order. Things have to be done according to the word of the Lord. Amen. And there are times that I may do things or say things that may seem a little uncomfortable, but it's because I'm trying my best to learn from the mistake of Eli and keep the presence and the blessings of God flowing upon each of us. And so... The judgment came, and it came in battle as the two sons took the Ark of the Covenant to battle against the Philistines, and they were whooped. I mean, they were, they were whooped. They were slaughtered. The two ministers were killed, and the Ark... The very presence, the very Shekinah, the very glory of God was taken. It is a dangerous, fearful thing to fall in the hands of a consuming God. I'm talking about a new cart. The Philistines had the Ark of the Covenant for seven months. Seven months. Israel was without the presence of God. God did not want to dwell in the enemy's camp. Come on now. What have you allowed the enemy to take from you because you are trying to build things with a new cart? 
knowing that there are things wrong in your life. Not that it's ignorant of the fact you know it's wrong. The Word of God tells you it's wrong. But you push it away and you wonder why things are not happening the way you want them to happen. Well, the Philistines learned very quickly it wasn't good to have the presence of God in their midst because they got all kind of plagues and, yeah, things that occasionally even the human being experiences. And so they said, you know what? We got to get rid of this thing. You know, we got to find out what's going on here, so we're going to make us a new cart. They had no clue how to carry the ark. They couldn't carry it if they knew. And so they built a new cart, set the ark on the cart, gave all kind of jewels as an offering, hooked two mama cows to it, took away their babies, who was crying all the way, and said, let's see what they do. Soon as they let those cows go, pow, they went towards Israel. Wow. I mean, they, they went towards Israel. And let me find out. I, wanna, I don't want to guess here. But I believe that the ark stopped. In fact, my wife and I have been there. I believe it stopped at a place of a Bethlehemite, and they looked inside the ark. These were Jewish people, God's people, that broke God's commandments. They looked inside the ark, and God killed 53 thousand of them. Wow. Let me read to you now 2 Samuel 6, 3 through 7. And they set the ark of God upon a new cart. And brought it out of the house of Abinadab that was in Gibeah. Now, let's hold up right here. How did it get there? After it left, I believe his name was Joshua. After it left this particular place where God killed 53, it wound up in Abinadad's possession, and he was blessed. And so now, King David heard the ark. The ark is at this man's house, and he's being blessed. I want some of that blessing. So he was going to go down and get it. This was a man, listen to me. This was a man after God's own heart. This was the beloved of God. This was a man that killed 10,000 compared to Saul's thousand. This was a man that wrote the book of Psalms, that knew how to praise God, that knew how to fight for God, that I'm telling you what, he was special to God. Here was a man that said, I've got to bring the presence of God back to Israel. Some of you may feel the same way. I want the presence of God to come back in my life. How do I get the presence of God back in my life? How do I get him dwelling back in my life? And so David went down. Keep reading. And Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drave the new cart. You see, David also 
Instead of looking in the word of God, checking with the ministers, checking with the pastor, he said, well, that's no problem. Hey, it came on a new cart. I'll just make a new cart, and I'll just bring it right on into Jerusalem. And so he set it on a new cart. And they, and they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which, uh-huh. which was at Gibeah, accompanying the ark of God. And Ahio went before the ark. Keep reading. And David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord. Oh, the music is going. The apostolics are dancing. Oh, we think the presence of God is right here and everything is all right. But there's too many in Christendom that's got new carts that they're trying to put God on instead of understanding that it's God's way or no way. He has not changed. There are no new methods. Now, I'm going to really preach on this a little bit tonight. I'm not against programs. I'm not against that. But there's too many people that all of a sudden say, I've got the thing how to build a church. Hey, if you'll just buy this little 10-week course, uh, man, I'll grow your church. Let me tell you something. I don't need no course to grow a church. What I need is the Holy Ghost. What I need is God to show up. What I need is to preach the Word. What I need is to live God according to what He said to do it, the way God has written it down. And too many of us are trying to find God in the power thereof, doing it outside of the Word of God. I mean, I hear it over, and I'm not against all these things. But what happened? You're just preaching the Word of God. Azuzu Street didn't have any programs. They didn't have no special program for the youth. And everybody said, you know, I'm going over to that church because they got it going for the youth. They got it going. No, no. Hey, I'm going there because God's there and God's moving and God's healing. That's where I'm going. Amen. Again, I'm not against programs. Okay, we're going to have some, all right? But you tell me in the Word of God where it says that I've got to even have Sunday school. I'm not against Sunday school. I mean, it doesn't have these things as we've got to do this and we've got to do that. It says come together and worship God in the beauty of holiness. Do you understand where we've got to get back to? We've got to get back to understanding how to really get the presence of God in our midst. I'm going to tell you right now, we've been seeing it for three weeks or more. We've been seeing that when God comes in the house, people are going to respond. They're going to weep. They're going to cry. They're going to come for prayer. They're going to be healed. I'm going to tell you, it wasn't a program that did that. There wasn't a 10-week course that did that. There wasn't somebody that's all of a sudden, how how can somebody already have an answer when this church has been going more than 2,000 years and all of a sudden they got an answer how to build a church? Jesus said, I will build my church. Too many, if I may, of Eli's sons Now, let me just break it down because some of you didn't get that. Of our elders, of our forefathers' children are leaving the ways of their father. Their father was, 
that pioneer. Their father was, hey, I'm plowing it out. Their father was, I'm going to preach it. I'm going to tell it like the Word of God tells me to tell it. I'm not worried about being eloquent. I'm not worried about being tickling you or nothing. I'm going to let you have it just like God let me have it. And I'm going to tell you the church was born and it grew and it grew and it grew and it grew. Now we might have grand buildings and great big numbers, but what should build on? A new cart. Why do you think there are so many denominations? Too many men are building their own new carts. God only has one church. He only has one way. He has only one way to be born again. He only has one word. This is nonsense. You believe it the way you want to, and I believe it the way I want to, and we'll both get there. That is nonsense. I better believe it the way God meant it to be believed. Hey, I know this may not be popular preaching, but I'm not a popular preacher. Hey, I've been preaching now for a long time. I've been right here with my wife and daughter in new life going on almost, what, 21 years or so. And I'm going to keep preaching like I've always preached it because that's what's going to build a church. It brought us from a little hallway to where we're at now. It brought us from 13 to, oh, I'm telling you, over 400 people baptized in the lovely name of Jesus Christ. Why? Because we believe the word. If it says not to, we strive not to. If it says do, we strive to. It don't give me this junk. It's a different generation. You've got to approach them differently. There is nothing new under the sun. That's a cop out. People are people. Our young people need God. They don't need a program. I'm telling you, they need God. We cannot build a new cart. We cannot get so into the Lord and so satisfied with our walk with God that we begin to say, well, you know what? I don't think God will mind. You know, he said to do it this way, but hey, we're in the 21st century. God, come on. We need to do a little things more progressively. Don't you know they got computers now, Lord, and cell phones now, Lord? God is probably saying, yes, I know the enemy invented those. Uh-huh. He is the prince and the power of the air. I'm not saying they're evil, but we sure do use it for that. Oh, it's quiet in some circles here, but it's the truth. It will even cause, possibly, many of us to have an accident in the next year. Even though we know it's against the law. And we're all guilty. It won't hurt anything. Oh, I hit the curb. Oh. Then you, for a minute or two, you straighten it up. And then, oh, I got this, I got this. It is the truth. You see, when you ride and you pass somebody, what are they doing? Oh, we got a police officer here. I don't want to point out anybody that's doing it because if you go through Harker Heights, be ready. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? We get so, so confident. We get so confident, it brings destruction. And David was so confident because of the battles that he won. The king that he was now. God protected him against Saul. He had become so confident that I'm going down there and get that cart. It don't matter. It don't really matter. God is with me. It don't matter how I bring it up. I'm just going to bring it up. Oh, yeah. All right. They were worshiping. Do you understand worship? Worship is great when it's built on the right foundation. Okay. I got a tough audience tonight, dear. That's okay, I love them anyway, and I'm going to preach it anyway. You have forgotten who is in charge of worship in heaven. And so the enemy takes music, and he has polluted it, corrupted it. And he's even trying to do it in the church, and he has succeeded. So it's not just a beat I want. I need the ark of bubbling. I need the ark of moving. Oh, I can't move until he moves. You better hear me. I can't move until he begins to move. And I better carry him correctly. Oh, I got to get on. I got a few more scriptures here. And we're not hollering or running the aisles yet, but hopefully I'm helping you. There's too many apostolics in this world building new carts. Amen. Building new carts. And David and all the house of Israel played before the they Lord. They played, they worshiped, they blew the horn, they played the instruments, they beat on the tambourines. Amen. And on cornets and on cymbals. And when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, uh-huh. Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God. <laughs> God said, lay hands suddenly on no man. Mm-hmm. We have to be careful. And so the ark. Come on, he didn't mean anything by it. But pastor, I didn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter. Mm-hmm. This, this happened. Yes. It didn't matter that it was something meant for good. It didn't matter that he was trying to keep the ark from falling off the new cart and breaking. It didn't matter. He was not to touch that cart. First of all, David done made a big mistake by trying to bring it on a new cart. And when he reached out, all he was trying to do, steady pastor, steady pastor, steady here, steady God. Hey, God, don't get to moving us too much. God, don't get to preaching the preacher too much. God, don't begin to really get on us too much. Oh God, steady now. Steady boy. Calm it down. Listen, you're not going to calm me down once the Holy Ghost gets going in me. You might as well get used to it. I'm not stopping until I'm through. And while I'm preaching, I'm going to give it everything I've got. You don't know the condition I was in when I got here. Physically, I had a hard time walking. And worshiping right now, I'm going to tell you, there's not a tired bone in my body. Why? Because the ark of the covenant inside of me is bubbling. He's saying, preach it, preach it. Preach the word. That's my charge. Preach the word. What happened to people looking out for a church? Man, that preacher preaches. You know, I get a little uncomfortable, but that preacher preaches. That's where I'm going. He preaches truth and he preaches it. And I mean, he preaches it. That's where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Amen. 
No matter if it hits me over and over and over again, and I go home with a complex, he is picking on me. And then I'll get to hurt on my senses and say, God, thank you for picking on me. Isn't that what you tell your children? Somebody's teasing you is because they like you. Have you ever said that to your children? Hey, you're trying to encourage them. Hey, if they're teasing you, they like you. I'm not saying that's always the truth. But, but the point is we're trying. He reached out. He, as I put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. Uh-huh. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah. Wait a minute. I'm having a hard time here. He was trying to protect the Ark of the Covenant, and God got mad. We think, oh, God's not that way anymore. When did he change? I thought he was the same yesterday, today, and forever. When did he change? There's some things that we do or don't do that still angers the Lord. It's only because of His mercy we're not consumed. Read the book. It's because His mercy endures forever. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. It's only because of the grace of God. If it wasn't for the mercy of God, I'd already be burned up. Amen. And God smote him there for his error. Now listen, can, can you imagine? Hold on. Can you imagine? I want you to picture this. I hope this doesn't scare you away from worshiping. Here, they, now remember, they're, they're worshiping. I mean, they're getting with it. David's dancing. And the next thing David hears, wow, Uzzah's dead. What? Can you imagine we worshiping God and all of a sudden some lightning bolt came through the ceiling and struck somebody and just burned them to a crisp? You'd stop worshiping, wouldn't you? I believe I'd fall on my face in the altar and say, God, I hope I'm not next. God's anger was kindled and he killed the man. And there he died by the ark of God. Wow. And David, it says, was displeased. And he feared the Lord greatly. And he went back. And the ark came to rest at Obendidim's house. I believe it was for seven years, if I'm not mistaken. Somewhere like that. And he was blessed. God dwelt at my house. <laughs> He was blessed, and they told David, David, the man where the ark rested when you got afraid of the Lord, that man's being blessed. What? I won't get to that ark, but this time, he got to studying. He said, whoa, 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 whoa. Now I know that only certain Levites can carry the ark. And so this time, he went back to get it. And he said, nobody touched that thing. You Levites that have been called to service in carrying the ark, they weren't served in covering the ark. They were called to carry it. Others were called to cover it. You see, each Leviticus priesthood had a particular ministry. They didn't cross over. Hey, pastor, let me get over here and do. You don't have to do the things that I'm supposed to do. You just do what you're supposed to do, and everything will be all right. And they came back, and those Levites 
Four of them picked up that ark. It must not have been heavy. Because the staffs didn't come out. The staves didn't come out. They picked it up and they were ready to go. And this time David said, okay, let's go. And they were going back and they went seven paces. And they started sacrificing and praising and loving God. They went seven paces. And can you imagine the amount of sacrifice they were doing? And finally, they began, can you just, I want you to picture this. Can, picture this, picture, picture this. Here they come into the city of Jerusalem. And the people are looking. And here comes David dancing like a wild man. He wasn't, he wasn't. Immodest, he just had his royal garment off. And he was dancing and he was carrying on before the ark. Man, there must have been a smile beaming and all the rest of them with him. They were just praising God and the people must have really got, Oh, glory, look, the ark is coming. The presence of God is coming back. That's the way we ought to be. When God begins to fall in our services and God begins to touch lives and people begin to weep and cry and people begin to come to the altar, we ought to jump up and say, Oh, God's in the house. But there was one, his wife, looked out the window and saw him acting and playing. And if I could paraphrase this in Texas, he said, honey, you ain't seen nothing yet. God was so upset. Now, listen, this, this was the wife of David. She didn't have any children because God said, listen, you're mocking something. That's beautiful to me. What was the difference in that praise and the other praise? They were still praising. They were still worshiping. They were still dancing. They were doing everything they were doing now, except they were doing it God's way. When you do it God's way, you don't have to have a feeling. You don't have... You don't have to have him touch you. When you know you're in the book, honey, you've got confidence and boldness to come before the Lord and say, God, I'm doing it the way you told me to do it. I'm preaching what you told me to preach it. I'm living the way you told me to live. Oh, God, I'm believing the way the Scripture says. I pray that the person that follows me will be just like me in doctrine. Because I'm telling you right now, I've been around. And there's too many apostolics that don't have the same things that they ought to have that their fathers had. What was wrong with it? What was wrong with it? It says seek the old ways, the old paths. It says it's the path in the wilderness. The way is holiness. What is wrong with the way that they preached in the 30s, in the 40s, in the 50s? What's wrong with they preached in the 70s? God blessed it. God moved and miracles happened. People were delivered. People were even sobered in the altar immediately. I don't want a new cart. 
I don't want some fancy program that's going to bring in the mass. You know what I want? God, go get them. God, use us to bring them in. God, let us set the right foundation. Oh, Lord God of heaven, if you say it, that's the way I want it. And if it doesn't happen, then I'm just going to wait on God till it happens because God's going to build his church and God's going to add to it daily such as should be saved. Let me say this to you. For those of you that, that haven't been with us very long, we were in a downtown church, the first stage of a double stage there. It, it was a green, we called it a green church because it had green carpet. And we added on and everything. And I had a guy, and we still have him. He still comes and helps us with the PA. He's an engineer and music. And he'd come and, 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 and he would help us on the green church. And then we got ready. He'd come down and helped us in the other church. And you know what he said? He said, man, somebody must be doing some preaching around here. He didn't say, hey, man, what kind of ideas you got? Preachers ought not be doing that. They ought not be asking the next preacher in another town, how'd you get the hundred? Tell me how you did that. It don't matter how he did that. He's in a different city fighting different devils. You just get back and preach the gospel. You just get back and preach the gospel. Hallelujah. I don't know if anybody's hearing me tonight, but I'm preaching my guts out like it's the last sermon I'll ever give. We cannot afford to have a new cart. Give me the old way. Give me the old path. Give me God's way. This is the only way I know to preach because this is the example that I had. And I'm going to tell you whether I had it or not, when God gets a hold of me, friend, you ain't calming me down. I'm passionate about this. I'm fervent about this. This is my life. Wow. Now, John 10 and 1 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Didn't say they wouldn't get in. Didn't say they wouldn't get in. But if they come another way but the door, they're a thief and a robber. Acts 20, 27 through 31, read. My daughter, come. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of You see, God. that's what's happening today in the apostolic movement. Preachers don't preach at all. They just preach little parts of it that's easy to receive. They don't get down where people are living and try to help them live according to the Word of God. Where their conduct and their lifestyle, their appearance, have not shunned to declare you all the counsel of God. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. To feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Listen, he knew it then. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also your own self shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples. After them. We've had it happen right here among us. Therefore watch and remember 
that by the space of three years I ceased not to warn everyone night and day with tears. And then the scripture we used this morning, 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 4, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Uh-huh. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, Re- exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Now, I'm just going to use this one example. There's so many of them, but this comes to my mind. And I never really said that folks, except for certain leadership positions, can't be on Facebook or any other social media. I never really come out and say that. But I said that it's dangerous and it's a way to gossip and it's hurting your children and it's hurting your soul. And we've had people, because of that type of preaching, get up and go to another apostolic church because they didn't preach that way. I'm not against computers. I'm not against things that in itself are not evil. But you know as well as I do, when you get on the computer or you text, you'll say things that you would never say to a person face to face. And it's like you just think nobody's going to see that. Now, you got quiet on me because, you know, I mean, some of you may use Facebook. Well, that, that, that's your business, okay? I'm just warning you, that's my calling. Guard it if you're going to use it. Use it correctly. And if you got somebody else on your list or whatever, and they're gossiping and showing pictures that they shouldn't show, or it's all about them, that's all they talk about, you need to cut them off. And then I could go on, I could go on, I could go on, and I preach this way over so many different things. Some of you have heard me. Listen, I have not changed. I don't want a new cart. I don't want a new cart. If David, who was a man after God's own heart, couldn't get away with it, who am I to think that I could get away with it? I mean, who am I compared to David? And if God was to take a man that was so sincere, he was trying to help and protect the instrument of God. And God, pow! I better start walking carefully before the Lord. Sweet pea, it's time to do some cleaning in your life. Items in your home. Things you're putting in your body. It's time. It's time. To get cleaned up. So that God could bless you even more. You say, well, God hadn't killed me yet. I'm not saying He will. But whatever you're doing, may. 
My heart is breaking for you because I know what you're doing. And some of you, this is for you, and I don't know what you're doing, but God does. The soul that sinneth shall die. To know good and doeth it not, it is sin to you. Don't think you can live for God on a new cart because so-and-so is doing it or so-and-so is not doing it or that preacher doesn't preach it. Listen, you only got one that watches for your soul. That's me. They're not watching for your soul. They don't have to give an account. If God can prick my heart, and correct me at times on things. Surely. You're not going to be excused. My heart is breaking because. I, I preached this and I've said it. Some of you have said it personally. I've, I preached it and I preached it and I preached it. And I will continue to preach and you're still welcome. Whether you take heed or not. But you will hear it again. Let each man examine himself to see if he's in the faith. You say, Pastor, I'm not doing anything real bad. That's not the point. That's not the point. Did Uzzah do something that was bad? Any violation of the Word of God is wrong. Disobedience is wrong. Rebellion is wrong. I've known some of you a long time. And I've seen the changes in God in your life, but I've also seen you revert back. And you still want to try to be the same person. It's impossible. Listen to me, sweet pea. You're going to keep struggling until you stop doing what you know God doesn't want you to do. I'm going to tell you that right now. You're going to keep struggling. Things are going to continue to go wrong until you just are ready to sell out. I could keep going. I hope you're feeling my heart. I hope you're feeling my heart. I want God to look at me under a microscope. I'm going to tell you that right now. Oh, yeah. God, if you see, what did David say? Somebody help me. What did David say? Lord, create in me a clean heart, oh, Lord, and renew into me a right spirit. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. That was David. Now, when we come back in here Wednesday, don't you be afraid to worship. You got several days to get it right. You come in here, keep because you've been worshiping great.
If you slow down, you're going to hear a message on that. My daughter's going to sing. So good to have all of you. You know, I preach these things without knowing who's coming. But my heart is for you. My heart is not against you. Sing, daughter.